The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk is over. Well, my next guest is living proof that there is life after rugby. Ed Williamson, good morning. Morning, Pat. Um, you're living here now. I am. And we'll talk about the, how you fetched up uh, in this country. But tell us about your rugby career. You were a star premiership pr- player in England. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, so I was I was played at Newcastle for about uh, 10 years, started in 2002. Uh, and after yeah, after, after 10 years there, I moved to numerous clubs in England before we finished off in Bordeaux. At the yeah. end now, your first injury, when was that? My first injury? No, I mean the first one oh, that, dis- right, that kind of knocked you out of the game for a while. Yeah, so that was, a, that, was, that was what stopped everything at Newcastle. So that was the sort of the straw that broke the canals back. That, the end of that 2010 season, 2010-11 season, I had just... It was a it was a joke of a season. Uh, the first big thing that happened was I broke uh, four vertebrae in my back uh, playing against the Ospreys, which took a decent while to get back from. And then literally the first game back from that injury uh, against Northampton, I got my hand caught in a tackle and mashed it up completely. Have had a few fingers fused, all that kind of stuff. But in that, I had some bad care after that. So in that that time, I was told I couldn't play again. Uh, before I found a good uh, surgeon to, to fix the hand, so I had like eleven months out of the game there. So that was. But at the beginning of that 11 months, I was told it was done. So I was in the real world. In, in the real world. Um, you, you have done other jobs in the meantime. You became a personal trainer for a while. Yeah. Uh, you sold insurance. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, no. So I was that, that 11 months was a real real world slap in the face. I uh, yeah, tried to sell a bit of insurance. I was possibly the worst insurance salesman on the planet. Uh, and then I uh, did a bit of part-time PT work and stuff for a, a company my friend owns in uh, Newcastle there. Um, it was a rough 11 months that. It was a real, you need to sort of yeah, think about Do something else. Now, yeah. you you uh, claim that maybe at school you weren't that brilliant at geography or history or mathematics or science or whatever, but there was one subject which you were very good at. Yeah, no, I was good at art. I mean, I wouldn't say I wasn't good at other subjects. It was, it was more so I wasn't really bothered about them. Yeah. Uh, I was only really too... A two a two thing man at school it was a rugby and art and um, yeah it was it was just that I was it was it was a, the, my interest was only in those two things really yeah at school now it's not as if that suddenly was a bolt from the blue because there was art in your family yeah I mean both kind of serving artists as framers but also you had a, a relative who was quite a handy artist yeah my uncle he was a he was a professional artist and. Um, in a very traditional sense, he was landscape painter and stuff, and uh, very heavily influenced by Turner and um, and Sargent and people like that. People who used light really well. So he was he was a he was a good artist. My dad was also a very good um, painter as well. He sold his work through the the, uh, the shop that they had. Uh, so it was always there. It was in my blood, you could say. Yeah, and they had a framing shop yes, to frame right, the, yeah. the work of other artists as yeah. well as your dad's own work. Yeah. And, and were you drawing in any kind of regular way during your period? You know, when you um, found yourself in the, in the sin bin, <laughs> sketch the ref. <laughs> no, no, this is the thing. It was sort of split into two, really. And that, that break we had talked about before, that was pretty much the, uh, the halftime point in this. When I first signed my contract in Newcastle in 2002, uh, I didn't, I put the brushes and pencils down and just completely can't focus on rugby I was it was more of a this is it now I'm going to be a rugby player I don't really care about anything else very very uh, not the way to approach things you need to have something something in place when you finish uh, and then when I came back after that break I got injured again when I was playing in London and um, my wife said you need to think about what's coming next afterwards we're, yeah we're not doing this again uh, and uh, so she sort of encouraged me to 
to, to pick up a, a pencil and a brush again. Yeah. Now, you, you were, you know, doing the odd sketch uh, for people mm-hmm. um, and, and flogging them. Yeah. It wasn't kind of, I suppose, the the makings of a good living. So <laughs> how did all that transform into the man you are now, where you have international exhibitions and your art fetches very good money? Yeah, well, th- at the beginning, it was it was just an idea. So and I, had a, I had a professional contract, so I was still playing rugby. So it, it was just can I sell these things so it was, it was just a picture of like the boys dogs or the or, or babies that just had it at the rugby club selling them for 40 50 euros or it was a child's birthday you do a yeah, picture for, something yeah. like that and then it it sort of grew from there to right when rugby starts to peter away here I need to have this up and running I can sell it, and then and then and then the um the, the task came of just deciding which avenue I was going to go to in terms of what art I was going to produce. Yeah, and stuff. I mean, you could have found yourself sitting in Covent Garden sketching passers-by for money. Exactly, know? yeah. <laughs> but that's not it, the way it ended no, up. No, not at all. In London, I probably would have made quite a good bit of money there for that, but no, I didn't go that way, no. Yeah, so so how did your fine art career evolve? Well, um, it was, as I said, it was, it was, it was more of a... Um, a slow transition, sort of a burn of just ex- experimenting on different different things, which I thought would sell. And towards the end of my rugby career, and, and as I said, it was on the right and was on the wall around 2016, 17, and I wanted to make sure that everything was in place. Then it wasn't fully where it is now by any means, but we were. I was selling paintings, and I was getting better and better and better. So the the method was there and the results were starting to come it wasn't it wasn't the finished article by any means um, trying to describe a painting on the radio is very difficult yes, so pe- people can go to the Oriel Gallery website yes. where you have a current exhibition yeah. and they can uh, go to the link there and they'll see your work yeah. um there is a kind of a theme running through it because i looked at some of the pictures last night yeah. there are you know pictures of uh, done in almost a kind of a an advertising style, should I say? Is that a fair? It's sort of. You know the way you'd see those fabulous illustrations in in magazines mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah, yeah. And you've got humans done in this style, but I don't see the woman's face a lot. No, no. It. I would like to. I sort of would describe it as walking the the line between realism and surrealism. I yes. Would say. Um, the, the Magritte would be. I'm happy with some of yeah, your work, I yeah, suggest. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah. So no, it 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 is. Um, it's it's definitely a, yeah. It's it's walking that line, and um, I just want the art to sort of ask questions when you're looking at them. So when 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 the, when the person, is, I want them to I want it to create emotion, really. So so when the person's looking at the at the piece. Just questioning what's what, 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 am I, what am I looking at here? Why is this that way? And why is and I don't way? understand. I mean, I looked at this a, a picture of a woman, beautiful woman in a beautiful dress wearing a diving helmet. That's right, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no. A few bubbles floating around, I would have thought as well. Maybe yeah. the odd uh, Coke bottle here and stuff. Yeah. No, it's, um, the, it's, uh, it is that, that whole It's line. hugely stimulating and entertaining, I have to say. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm after, really. It, 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 it did, the, the idea sort of was born around that 2018-19 time when I was, I was wanting a real connection to the work I was doing. Before that, there wasn't really. I was just painting pictures which I thought would sell. Was that time I actually went to the ballet with my... I'll try and condense as quick as I can. Basically, I went to the ballet with my wife and we saw these ballet dancers and I thought, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's a quite a, a similar line here between... Um, professional sport rugby players that kind of thing and the, and ballet dancers in that they 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 the the physical and the mental preparation for it is still there but then all you see really is the end thing is on the theater or at the rugby pitch 
and so and ballet is like an art itself. So I actually just started off just popping warrior helmets on top of ballet dancers. The warrior okay. helmet being sort of a nod to the rugby side of things, and then the ballet dancer being that art form. And it just morphed from that really. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. And you've moved to Ireland. I have moved to Ireland. Yeah. Now, what brought that about? Well, this was the, the, this. There was always my, my wife as. Um, supported me in everything I've done. Moved house, moved house a million times uh, when I was a rugby player and um, when I'd picked up the brushes and stuff, it was her her support from the very beginning which which pushed me all the way through. There was never once did it cross her lips that I was going to uh, have to go and get a salary job or yeah. try a real job or something like that. It was just unconditional support all the way through. So, um, yeah, so that's how it, it, it got to that point that I um, needed just, you know, um, sorry, I'm having a bit of a... You decided, presumably, to do what she wanted. Yeah, that, that was it. Sorry, I, I, I sometimes get brain fog. Uh, it was, it's, it's weird. I think it's... Con- I hope it's nothing to do with the rugby. It absolutely is. It's a concussion oh. thing. Are you um, serious? Yeah, 100% it is, yeah. So I, I sometimes lose my train of thought just like that. It happens now and again. So anyway, um, yeah, so the, the the deal was that once my wife... Once I had finished my rugby, uh, I would follow my wife. She is a competition lawyer and she works in the, in town here and she found a job in Dublin and now it's my turn I, I follow her and she does her thing yeah. and Ireland is good for your soul oh, yeah, and absolutely. your heart absolutely it's fantastic yeah it's, it's been good. joining the Oriel Gallery has been an absolute yeah. yeah it's been a godsend and your work will be on display for, I think for the next two weeks or so yeah two and a half weeks there yeah and uh, yeah it, the, the Oriel's just as I said it's a fantastic place and I'm very grateful for Mandy there who's the director for giving me the opportunity to be Part of well, the I recommend family. people drop in, as I will, uh, <laughs> to see the art in the flesh rather than online. Yes, Ed Williamson, uh, former Premiership rugby star and contemporary fine artist. Ed, it's a pleasure having you in the studio. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. Now- the Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk.